You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. Grace is a force to be reckoned with. You can't dodge it. You can't ignore it. You can spend your entire lifetime ignoring the issue, but one day all of us, the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, either in the here and now or in the great beyond, you will stand before God and then you will bow both knees and you will worship the King of kings and Lord of lords and you will say, Thou art Lord. The reality of life is that nobody lives forever in these human bodies. We will all stand face to face before God someday, and He will either see our sins resulting in eternal separation, or He will see Jesus made possible by His grace, resulting in eternal paradise with Him. Today, Pastor Gary will challenge listeners to answer the call of God's grace on their life and secure eternity with Him. Have you made the decision in your life to receive God's gift and follow after Jesus today? He loves you. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Matthew chapter 11 as he continues his message, Grace, a force to be reckoned with. Religious powers that be would rather find fault in somebody else than to admit their own fault. And what we need to focus on is not so much what the churches down the road are doing, but what God has called us to do. Amen? That's exactly right. And we can't can't worry about criticism. Let me tell you something. If you haven't already, there will be criticism based on what God's doing at this church. Amen? And, And I'd like to ask you to do me a favor. Unless I need to know it, just keep it to yourself. Amen. I want to stay positive. I want to stay in the Word. I don't need something to distract me or to discourage me. So if somebody's running their trap about me or you or somebody else in the church, do me a favor. Just let them talk and let God be our defense. Amen. I don't need to know about it. That's right. Give God some glory. I don't need to know about it. And you don't need to worry about it. Because God is doing a new thing. And I want to know, what did you come to hear? Because see, some people can't hear but a certain type of preaching. Well, I like the well-reformed. I like the one that stays behind the podium. Amen. And is quiet and meek and humble and not so boisterous. I don't like that loud preaching. No offense. No offense. And I I get that. You know, we, we consider ourselves a civilized society, even though we are a bunch of savages, if you want to be honest. Look at our culture. Am I right? Who are we kidding ourselves? We ain't civilized. We're just as savage or worse than we've ever been. Abortion on demand. Oh, my. Savage, savage culture. Mm -hmm. And yet we pretend to be so pious and well together. And all this and all that. But what if God sent a John the Baptist in your mission? Look, I don't claim to be nor ever will claim to be the likes of John the Baptist. I'm way... I'm so far down, I don't, even, I don't even feel like I'm worthy to be numbered amongst God's people, much less God's prophets of the Bible. But I'm, I'm trying to get you to see the spiritual concept. The concept, what if God were to send a work that's similar in comparison in terms of how it stirs people up to change like he did in the days of John the Baptist? To cause you to say, now wait a minute, 
that's, that's not what I'm used to hearing. And it may take me so a while to get used to it or to even like it if I ever will. I don't know about all this. And God may be just giving you different just so you'll pay attention and perk up because he wants to say something you hadn't heard it in the tones that you're used to hearing it in. Amen. We can get used to a certain methodology, a certain style. And it's not about style. It's not about preference. Listen, my preaching ain't no better than another preacher's just because I raise my voice a little bit and they don't. What makes the Word of God powerful is the Spirit of God moving through it. Whether I say it in a whisper or whether I shout it from the rooftop, it makes no difference when the Spirit of God's projecting the message. It's not about style. It's not about being classy or being rough around the edges. It ain't ain't about personality. God deliver us from building churches on personalities because as soon as that personality is gone, the, the church dies. We need to build it upon the rock, and his name is Jesus. We need to build it on the word of God. Amen. It's not about personalities. And see, they liked John to some degree. At least they liked him enough to go hear him, and then they decided they didn't like him. They can't make up their mind. They're spiritually schizophrenic. Amen. They're up and down and all the way around. And every which way, they can't figure out what they really want. I want to know today, and the Lord wants to know, what are you listening for? Are you seeking for teachers, having itching ears? Looking for that sermon and that, uh, that speaker that fits your... Listen, let me tell you something about advice. If you're looking for somebody that agrees with you, you're not looking for advice. You're just looking for consent. And if you're looking for a preacher that preaches the way you believe, you're not looking to grow spiritually. You're looking to, uh, you're looking to stay put right where you're at. You want somebody to solidify where you are so that you don't have to worry about changing. But I don't know about you, but I need an old-fashioned, heaven-sent, leather-lung preacher that'll preach and plow down my row, amen, and, and break up the fallow ground of my heart and tell me from time to time, thou art wanting before God uh, and you need to repent, amen. I need somebody to call my sin out. Uh, I don't need somebody that tells me how good I am. I don't need somebody that pats me on the back, amen, tells me how righteous I am. I need a preacher that'll get up and say, thou art the man, like Nathan did to David when he was found in the sin of murder and adultery. Amen. We need to adjust our hearing to where we're not looking to hear what we want to hear, but we're looking to hear what God wants to say to us, which is generally vastly different. What I want to hear and what God has to say is almost always, without fail, two different things. Have you ever went for advice to somebody that you love? And they told you what you didn't want to hear and it made you mad? Well, some of us come to church and we leave mad. That preacher, how dare he preach on that? How dare he question my religion? Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. How dare that preacher say that my works don't amount to a hill of beans? Well, I'm just preaching the book. We got to get to the point to where we accept the book as it is. As one preacher said, it don't need to be rewritten. It just needs to be reread. Amen. <laughs> Read it again. It'll say the same thing it did last time. Amen. And we, we have people now that are such professional interpreters that they'll twist it to interpret it to say anything. They're crafty with their words like the devil in the garden. Amen. Crafty, even with God's word, twisting it just to say something slightly different that appeases their sin. But we need it straight. And we need it true. 
And we need to quit moving the goalposts and redefining words to match up with our preferred standard of living and realize that sin is still sin. Black is still black. White is still white. Uh, There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. And we need to put our faith in Jesus Christ and he is the only way to heaven. And except we repent, we'll all likewise perish. That's where we need to be as a church, as a people, hearing, coming to hear the word of God. What are you listening for? Number three, not only should we open our eyes and open our ears, but we need to open our heart. Let me ask ask it to you this way. What are you longing for? What are you hungering for? They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Shall be filled. It didn't say shall be half empty. How can you and I, unholy people, by our own acts that testify against us, be filled with righteousness. The only way is if we exchange our righteousness for Jesus. That's the only way. If you hunger and thirst after God, he'll fill you. He'll fill you by washing you in the blood of Jesus and filling you with the Holy Spirit of God. He'll change your world. And if you've ever, you know, there's people today that say, well, I tried religion and it didn't work. And I hate church because I'm bored and I'd rather be doing something else. Let me tell you right now, God wants your attention today especially. Because as long as you have that attitude and you keep, the Bible says it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks of the Holy Spirit of God. What are you fighting for? Let me put it to you this way to get your attention. You go ahead and keep fighting against God because what you're fighting for is to live for an eternity in a place called the lake of fire. If you really want it that bad, go ahead and keep fighting God. Now, when we put it that way, it makes you double think, don't it? It makes you go, whoa, wait a minute. I don't want to go to hell. No, none of us want to go to hell. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but not everybody wants to go through faith and repentance. Guess what? There's only one way to heaven. That's through faith and repentance. Amen. It's God's way or it's the highway, honey. <laughs> and, and I'm going to get to this in a minute. But I need to reference this verse now. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? God's so gracious and so patient and so loving. He made it easy for us to be saved. All we have to do is turn from our sin to Christ in faith and repentant heart and he'll save us and he'll take us to heaven based upon the merits of Jesus Christ himself and we still want to do it our own way? How do you think that God will let you into heaven and get by after you've trampled underfoot the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, his darling son? Rejecting his offer of salvation and some of you, your problem's rebellion. You got a rebel's heart. I will not listen to that preacher. I will not listen to my mama. I will not listen to my daddy. I only go to church because I have to, but wait till I turn 18 and I'm old enough to do my own thing. I am out of here, honey. Well, you can be out of here all you want to, but let me tell you something. You're still going to find that there's a holy God chasing you wherever you go, and you will have to come to terms with what grace is offering you. Grace is a force to be reckoned with. 
You can't dodge it. You can't ignore it. You can spend your entire lifetime ignoring the issue. But one day, all of us, the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, either in the here and now or in the great beyond, you will stand before God and then you will bow both knees and you will worship the King of kings and Lord of lords and you will say, Thou art Lord. Now the question is up to you when you want to do it. You can do it now and spare yourself an eternal existence in torment without him. Or you can wait till that day and be damned forever with no chance to to change. Sooner or later it's going to happen. And and the devil's convinced you that if you give your life to Christ, you'll you'll humiliate yourself, you'll lose your friends. You can't live like you used to live, and you, and you kind of love your sin a little bit too much to be willing to let it go, and the devil thinks that you've got it good, and, and the devil's telling you, why don't you just wait a little longer? One of the biggest lies, uh, uh, one of the biggest things the devil's ever told somebody that's struggling with salvation is, you've got, you can wait. You don't have to do it today. Just put it off to tomorrow. But the Bible says, a man knoweth not what a day may bring forth. You better call on him right now. You don't even know if you'll make it back home today. God wants you to know that you're hungry for something that you don't even know you're hungry for. You're trying to be happy with your life, with your rebellion. The Bible says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. That means that you're placing yourself under the uh, subjection and authority of Satan himself when you live in rebellion to God. And let me tell you, the devil is not an easy master. He's not a gracious master. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he could, if it weren't for your mama's prayers and your daddy's prayers over you, you'd probably already be destroyed. You've got to open your heart and admit that what you're longing for is for God to fill that hole in your heart that only he can fill. Because nothing else is working. You're miserable. He said in verse 16, just give me a minute, I'll I'll finish when the Holy Ghost is done, okay? But whereunto shall I liken this generation? Jesus said in verse 16, it is likened to children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, we have piped unto you and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he hath the devil. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. You can hear the pious in their voice. But wisdom is justified of her children. Jesus is saying it don't matter what style, what preference, what uh, demeanor they have. I've seen all kinds of prophets your way, and you found reason to reject all of them because it's not the messenger that you dislike so much as it is the message that he is preaching. Amen. And this world, they're not necessarily looking for a great orator. They're looking for someone that will say what they want them to say. And But God don't take votes. 
Amen. He that sitteth in the heaven shall laugh. Amen. Uh, he will have the last say. God has never changed his mind on what he said in his word, and he never shall change his mind on what he says in his word. Amen. You could get seven billion people on the planet to sing in unison and chorus uh, something that is against that Bible, but God will still be true, and every man and woman, boy and girl on the planet shall be found a liar in the face of a holy God. Amen. Yeah, praise God. You can, you, can, you can legalize and make popular all the sins of this world, but still God commands us to repent. What are you longing for? The longing of your soul is seeking something that this world and yourself cannot fulfill. And watch what happened because of their critical spirit against the men that God sent them, even his very own son, their critical spirit against the preaching of the Holy Spirit through the man of God created a crisis in their life. Verse 20, then began he to upbraid, that is to scold, if you will, the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. My, my, did you just see that? Jesus did all this amongst them, but it didn't stir them to repentance. Whose fault was that? It certainly wasn't Jesus. And I fear lest some of you come as spectators to enjoy a show that was never meant to be a show. It was meant to change your life. Don't sit in here week after week, month after month, year after year, and never repent of the works that God's doing in your midst. God wants to change your life. As the old country preacher said, God wants to upset your apple cart. Amen. One preacher said, I didn't come to rock the boat, I come to capsize it. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, verse 21. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, uh, that reminds me of America, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in that day of judgment than for thee. Brother Leonard Ravenhill wrote a book, a book called Sodom Had No Bible. How much more? Will we who have Bibles be held accountable? My God, I sense a holy fear of God in this place. Can I say it this way? They got what they asked for. They rejected God's prophets. They rejected the preaching. They rejected the message. They, they like to cherry pick the phrases and the sayings of the preacher. Oh, I like what he said there, but ooh, I don't know about that one. We'll skip on by that one. And they, they like to cherry pick the Bible, find the verses that are all peachy and warm and fuzzy, but they ignore the ones that call them to repentance. While you cherry picking the Bible, God's trying to divert your attention from that which you think has secured your salvation. But Jesus even told the scribes and Pharisees, search the scriptures, for in them uh, you think you have eternal life. And there they which testify of me. He said, if you read your Bible hard enough, you'll discover that it was talking about me. That was Jesus talking to the scribes and Pharisees. What he was saying essentially was the Bible that you claim to love 
tells you to worship me, the very one you want to crucify. And ain't it funny how religion will bind people to the degree that not only will they reject the messenger, but they'll kill the messenger. You're not just happy to go about your merry way. You want to shut him up because something he said or something he did is living rent-free in your heart and mind and you can't get it out of your mind and you can't get it out of your heart because there's a holy God calling you to repentance and, and the Bible says there was found no place to hide from him. Amen. And you can run, honey, but you can't hide from a holy God. You can kill John the Baptist, deliver his head on a silver platter, but yet that word that you heard him preach will stay with you forever until you face God saying, might as well surrender you can run as far away from your parents and this church as you can get on the other side of the world but that message I'm preaching this morning to you will find you wanting wherever you go and you'll not have any peace with God until you make peace with Jesus Christ the Prince of Peace Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 I'm going to close says this wherefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels, which is in the Old Testament, was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, or in other words, punishment, if all the sins of the Old Testament were brought into accountability and they were held accountable, verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. God sent the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church uh, with the gift the Holy Spirit offers to the church uh, so the men, women, boys, and girls across all uh, barriers can hear and receive the Word of God and the promise of faith. Amen. Uh, and what he's saying is if uh, how do you think you're going to escape rejecting such a good offer when the Old Testament saints didn't escape and they didn't even have grace to... God didn't even give them the benefit of grace under the law. And you want to reject grace? You want to do it your way? You want to keep on living in your sin? And some of you are mad at me now because this is two Sundays in a row I've preached a salvation message. I heard about a preacher one time that preached on hell for a week. And deacons come to him about third or fourth day into the message meeting and said, Now preacher, you know you preached on that last night. The night before. And I, he said, when, when are you going to move on to a different subject? He said, I'll... Quit preaching that when you start getting it. <laughs> I think it might have been Charles Spurgeon, but I can't remember. One of them old-time preachers. I, I think you need to thank God that he's still got you on the hook. And he's still being patient and gracious and giving you opportunity after opportunity. Because you're not promised but one opportunity. The Bible says uh, that he has given to every man a measure of faith. Amen. Uh, that means I believe that every individual that's ever been born or ever shall be born had w at least one opportunity in their life to respond to a word from God. And based on their response, determined whether or not God continued to pursue them. I'm just telling you, you want to respond. You, don't want, you, you can't afford to gamble with your soul. That's too great a debt to pay. Amen.
So let me, let me give you my uh, closing statement. Grace is a force to be reckoned with. Therefore, be reconciled to God. Because Jesus said in Matthew eleven fourteen, If ye will receive it. Here's what I want to tell you. If ye will receive it, you can avoid judgment. If you will receive it, you can enjoy the presence of God. Perhaps for the first time in your life. Church won't be something that you endure. But it'll be something you can jump up and shout about. Amen. And if you will receive it, you can experience God's power at work in your life. You say, I can't quit sinning. That's exactly right. You can't quit sinning, but the perfect one can stand down inside of you, wash you in his blood, fill you with the spirit, and empower you to live a life of an overcomer. You can't do it, but he can. Come to him with your chains and all, and he'll save you by his marvelous grace. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's word. Here at True North, we encourage each and every listener to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to speak and for your heart to be receptive to what is being taught. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCaudill.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he teaches by visiting GaryCoddill.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible teaching community near you. Find a church family you can live life with, investing in the next generations. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Coddill Ministries in True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at GaryCoddill.com. That email again is contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L dot com. We're at a point where we need to end our time with you today, but we are so looking forward to the next message right here on True North.